3: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
1: It's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road.
0: I don't want to say the word's refreshing, but it's really, yeah, it's kind of refreshing to see everybody sort of appreciate the value of a vehicle. It's a long time coming. Steam rolling out from under her hood, pulled over thinking I could do something, and don't i'm a mechanic the car doctor let's do the easy stuff first check fuse number eight in the under fuse box make sure fuse number eight's working that that powers it. yeah and that, and that,
4: was, and that was good that would, would have been nice if that was bad
0: welcome to the radio home of ron and Anian,
1: the car doctor since 1991 this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's
0: giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. New customers. Hey, they show up, right? And it's a variety. And everybody's got a story. You know, I always think back to... Uh, My late father-in-law, who always said, you know, life is all the story. It's all about the story. It's always everybody has a story. You know, Don's gone 40 years, and I still think about that because everybody does have a story. You know, if you go to the garage sale and they're selling a rocking chair, you're not buying a rocking chair. You know, this is the chair my grandmother used to rock me to sleep in when I was a little kid. And it, you know, traveled west by covered wagon, of course, I always wondered how far west it could travel from Hackensack to River Edge, New Jersey, because it's only about three miles. But okay, yeah, I guess you know, back in the olden days when dirt was invented, that uh, you know, anything west of Hackensack was a big deal. But there's always a story 2015 Nissan Infinity, I guess an Infinity, I guess it's not a Nissan Infinity, I guess it's an Infinity, I guess it's a 2015 Infinity Q50. Came into the shop this week at Ari Automotive. And Garrett, super nice guy. I, I mean, one of the nicest, most polite messages on the answering machine that I've ever heard. Hi, you know, my name is Garrett. I've got a problem. I tried to put my air filter in. I broke the clip. My wife's gonna yell at me and now I don't know what to do. And I, you know, I it was something like that. And I took I felt sorry for him, you know. Nice guy. It wasn't he wasn't it wasn't an assumption. It was the kind of person you wanna work for, right? You at instant communication, the new customer. So I called him back and, you know, brought him in right away. I said, yeah, don't drop it off. Let me see what's going on. And unfortunately, what Garrett had done was he tried to replace the air filter on this Q50, and he didn't have the, the, the air cleaner lid lined up exactly right. And when he tried to get the top clip in, it was under such load, it snapped the corner of the plastic housing off. And there was nothing you could do. We looked at it. I said I explained it all to Garrett. I said, you know, here's what, here's the how and the why. Here's what I'm concerned about. Let's put an air filter housing on it. It was just under four hundred dollars, so it was an expensive lesson for Garrett. And um, you know, I said, let's put a couple of real air filters. And he had purchased an air filter on Amazon. I explained the perils of that because you're not quite sure what you're getting. I've purchased stuff on Amazon, not auto parts, but other things that show up and yeah, and it's not real. We've had this conversation before you and I, we've talked about it for years now on the show. So I said, let's put a couple of real air filters on it. Let's get some quality in this because it's a pair, right? A Q50 has twin air boxes. It has a right and left air filter housing. So I said, let's do this once. Let's put air filters in it. Let's do the air filter housing. We'll wipe out the throttle bodies and welcome to the family. And then we had the conversation and you could see he was happy he was eager he was he, you know sometimes when you're standing on that side of the counter my side of the counter you 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 recognize you're what they're looking for you know they they beat their way to your door they found the automotive expert and they're they're happy I said to him you know Garrett there's only th- there's three reasons in my mind why somebody works on their own car uh you know I said you're not quite sure where to go because you've been allegedly everywhere and you just haven't been happy. I said, you're cheap because you think you can fix a car inexpensively. And I did say that because I'm at that point now where, you know, reality is what reality is. I said, or three, you're just not quite sure where to go. And he said, it's the third. He said, I'm just not quite sure where to go. He says, I don't know. I don't know who's good, who's fair, who's going to be honest. I said, well, I think that's me. And I explained it all to him. You know, one of the things I get to fall back on is I get to tell somebody, "Well, I do this 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 weekend radio show," and they're like, "Really?" And um, then they have that whole conversation. And, you know, it's if you're here, you must be real because, well, I can't say they don't let idiots on radio, but they don't let idiots on radio and fix cars, so that's just not allowed because you can't be both and still, you know, repair automobiles in this day and age. Long story short, we made Garrett a customer. He was happy. He was content. Uh, you know, walked him through the process, got him along the path. And I think he'll be back. I think, I think he realizes the value in having somebody. He said, you know, you kept me updated. You told me what's going on. And I'm happy with that. It was a real positive experience for both of us because listen, it's got to be good for me and him and you it's, you know, it's, it's, this is a two way street. It's not just about fixing cars and making money. It's, it's the experience of it, that relationship that you build. The second new customer in the shop this week was Bill. Bill got recommended to us by the local tire shop. And I still think about Bill and his car, his 06 Nissan Sentra. That, that, I, when I tell you this story, it's, it's, your hair's going to stand up on end. So Bill brought me this 06 Nissan Sentra that the local tire shop couldn't fix. It had an electrical drain, it would, battery would go dead within a day. And, required jump starting and you know it required being charged and all sorts of things and it just wasn't a good time and you know <laughs> the, the funny part is uh, Bill's car there's a bible in the left front door in the door pocket and there was a sign on the seat next to me to my right that said clergy so you know now we're now now god sent me a car right i keep thinking you know this is why bill walked into my door bills like i hear you do electrical and you diagnose i said yeah it's been rumored so the local tire shop trying to fix the, the repair, the, the fault rather, put a battery in it naturally. They put an alternator in it. Okay, I could sort of understand that, but I mean, can't you just tell if it's charging or not? The one I didn't understand was they put a starter in the car. Why would you put a starter in a car for a battery drain? Either the starter works or it doesn't. It's a Mixmaster mounted to the flywheel. It's either on or off. That's it. Unless you think the starter is somehow magically engaging itself and causing the engine to crank over without the key activating it. But you got to give me proof. you got to give me a reason. It just can't be, let's just put a starter in the car. So once they decided that they had fired the parts cannon enough and exploded enough parts all over the underhood of this 06 Nissan, they figured, well, now's a good time to tell the customer, it's $1,500, by the way, we don't do electrical. And Bill ended up on my door. And I looked at it and, you know, I set him up. I told him there's basic diagnostic charges. I walked him through the, you know, it's going to be so much time on an initial just to get going, which we did. He understood. He was great. He said, hey, fix what you got to fix. Do what you got to do. I need my car. Hooked up the meter, ran through it. Yeah, there was a drain. There was a drain of 371 milliamps. 371 widgets, all right, for you guys, if you want to be technical. But it was a 371 milliamp draw. After a forty-five minute wait, waiting for all the modules to time out and everything to calm down, three hundred seventy-one milliamps is a pretty good draw. And I had looked the car over prior; I always do. No, you know, you have to look today. Is there is there a, a cell phone charger or some sort of charging something in a cigarette lighter port or a power port somewhere you don't see? I opened the trunk, and uh, you know, we talked about is the is the light on underneath in the trunk? It wasn't. I think we talked about this last week where I said, you know, Danny came up with a great idea. We threw the camera in there, closed the trunk, the light went out. We looked at it on a video on the phone. <laughs> and, um, you know, we knew it wasn't that. But, yeah, we had a draw. Where do you go? I almost made a video of this, but I, I ran out of time, and I apologize because I know everybody wants to see this. But you know, we started pulling fuses. There was two fuse boxes on this vehicle, one under the hood, one under the dash. I'm old and tired, so I always go for the easy one. I went for the one under the hood. Why not? Let's start there. And I went through fuse one, two. I got the fuse 32. Circuit number 32 is the fuse for the radio. And as soon as I pulled that fuse out, bang, my draw went away. It went down under 50. I think it went to 42 milliamps. And if I sat there and watched it within another 10 minutes, it dropped down to about 7 milliamps. So I knew I was on the right piece. I looked up uh, circuit 32, 15-amp fuse. It powers the radio. And it was a straight shot right to the radio, making it very direct and very clean in that it's, it goes to the radio. Unless there's an aftermarket, something installed, unless somebody modified the wiring diagram, it goes to the radio. So I, at this point, I called up Bill. I explained what I had found. And he said, you know, he said... I remember when they put that radio in, which kind of got my interest, right? How do you remember when they put the radio in if you bought the car new, which is part of our initial conversation? He said, no, no, no. He said, somebody had shown up, oh, probably five or six years ago, maybe longer, and they put the radio in in my driveway. That's an aftermarket radio. And I went, wow, really? It looked factory. It really did. I couldn't see the difference. So the next day was the end of the day. The next day I showed up, I I pulled the radio out, disconnected the radio, draw's gone. Bill, you need a radio. (laughs) there's always a reason and I'm putting the radio back in and I noticed the volume knob which is also the power knob is bent and and I mentioned that to Bill at the counter and he said yeah a while ago my daughter was doing I don't know what the I don't know what the daughter was doing I don't know how old the daughter is his daughter was doing something in the car getting out of the car and she accidentally kicked the radio and that was somewhere around the time that the problem started but he couldn't couldn't be certain. You know, it's interesting. The knob was physically bent. And if you put the knob in just the right position of volume and pushed it in, it stayed stuck in. It didn't come out. Now, it's a switch circuit. All right. And I, I regardless, physical damage to the radio, the radio's unplugged, the car's fixed. The point becomes, and yes, Bill's happy. He was thrilled. He was, you know his car is fixed. And I talked to him about, you know, what had happened to him previously at the other repair shop. Cause I take that serious. You know what you're making, my, you're stinking up the place. You're making my industry look bad. And he said, yeah, I know. He says, I got to go back and talk to them. He said, I didn't understand that either. He said, I'm no mechanic, but uh, you know, a starter for an electrical draw. didn't make any sense to me in my mind. And And that's the point I want to make with you, you know, with Garrett, it was clear cut with bill. It was clear cut, but Bill had a problem, and you know, he said, I should have spoken up sooner. I want you to speak up. If you're questioning why the mechanic's doing something, you've got to ask them the question, because I explained this to Bill. Will this fix my problem? And if they shuffle their feet and they look down and they look uneasy and they say, well, maybe, then you've got to decide, is that the point where you've got to get a second opinion, or are they on the track of something and they just don't know how to explain it? Just don't take everything they say for granted, because... Not every mechanic is right. And I'm starting to see that more and more. 855 560 9900. I'm running 80 in the car, Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
1: It's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road.
3: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't call us.
1: we we'll That's right. If you call and we're not live, you can leave a message and we'll call you back to get you on the air with Ron.
0: 855-560-9900. Speaking of Ron, here he is. Hey, let's get over and talk to oh, Let's go to Curt in Arizona. Curt, you're on the car doctor. How can I help?
5: Hello, Ron. Yes, sir. Um, I've got a 2010 Ford F 150 that uh, got something that's got me a little bit baffled. Uh, As I'm driving it, I go up a hill or put a little stress on it. Got what I'd call a very light kind of grinding noise, almost like it's got a, a little piece of tin loose underneath there. But the interesting thing is, if I take my foot off the gas, and then almost immediately put it back down again, the sound goes away, at least for a while, for a good long while. And then once after a while, it'll, it'll come back. But every time I do that, take put off the gas and reapply it, the sound goes away. Four-wheel drive? Yeah, the car seems to be, it's got four-wheel drive. Okay. It seems to be running just fine. Everything seems to be going just fine on it, except for the darn sound.
0: If you put it in four-wheel drive, does the noise go away?
5: I don't know. I've never tried that because I'm usually going pretty fast when it happens.
0: Well, s- s- stop and put it in four-wheel drive and, you know, accelerate in a straight line and does it, is the noise gone? Because if it is, okay. I mean, we can have a conversation, you know, is it a heat shield? Is it, is it you know, a, a tinny cat heat shield kind of a noise? Is it a loose underbody heat shield, something along those lines? You can try power breaking it, you know, sitting still in the bay or in the in the in the garage in the driveway wherever you know can you can you replicate it by power braking it something like that? have you looked for a loose heat shield? you know is this transmission related if you you know if the trans has what what is what does the shifter say, Kurt is it d with a circle and D or is it just d with a circle alone for the shift indicator? Do you remember what it says?
5: Uh, I just remember it's d that's all.
0: okay you know if you if you were to tap the brake while you were accelerating, you know, does that change it? Because that would theoretically drop it out of lockup if it was torque converter related or transmission related. It might knock it down into the next gear and might not hold whatever gear it's in. You know, is it trans related? And then when you try this and none of this works, put it in four wheel drive. See if the noise goes away, and I bet it does. They've got a bulletin out there for this. Uh, Ford does 22-2219 that talks about disconnecting the vacuum hubs for the four wheel drive. Does this have a knob on the dashboard okay. or a pull lever? Pull lever. Okay. So are the are the four wheel drive actuators partially on? Wasn't an uncommon problem. Hmm. Okay. All right. So you know the you easiest think it's a transfer case problem. Well, yeah. no, I'm thinking I'm thinking it's the actual front hubs themselves. Is there a fault with the front hubs themselves? Just try putting it in four-wheel drive. Does the noise go away? And then we can then we can break down what component it is. If it doesn't, then we're on the wrong path. But it was not it was not. How would un- I
5: do that though?
0: Stop the yeah, truck. I mean, you can't you can't shift on the fly into four-wheel drive with that vehicle.
5: Well, I can, but I'm usually, it's usually going a fairly decent speed when I hear the sound.
0: Okay. And if you stop and it's making, if it's making the sound and you stop and you go to accelerate again, will it make the noise again?
5: No, not typically.
0: Interesting. And how fast are you going when this happens?
5: Usually over 40 miles an hour.
0: You can't shift into four wheel drive at 40 miles an hour?
5: Well, I can, but can can you be on uh, on a hard surface when that happens? I thought that was bad for four wheel drives.
0: If you're going straight, I can tell you, I've, I've shifted everything four wheel drive. I mean, I would check the owner's manual, see what they recommend as far as speed and and load. But every four wheel drive vehicle, I never really think if I'm going straight, whether or not I'm putting it into four wheel or not. It doesn't it doesn't seem okay. to be a concern. I don't really have an issue, but you know. Okay, I was- you know at that point i I, I would i would yeah, yeah i would i don't see why you can't you hit us if you know think yeah. of it like this if you're traveling down a snowy road and you hit a a snowy patch you have to stop to put it in four wheel drive
5: <laughs> right i once broke an, uh, a a drivetrain on a uh, a truck keeping it in four wheel drive on on the street so that's why well, well, I'm Larry to do it. Yeah, because
0: yeah. Are, you, are you turning with it? Are you going through twists and turns and everything else as far as, yeah. you know, what you're not supposed to do on a dry road? But I can't, you know, four-wheel drive is four-wheel drive, brother. Um, everything I own, uh, my Suburban, my plow truck. My multiple plow trucks that I've had over the years, I never really think about how fast I'm going. Would I do it at 65 or 70? No. But theoretically, if I'm traveling on snow or ice, I'm not doing 65 or 70 anyway. But 35, 40 shouldn't be an issue. Um, Check your owner's manual. Then call me back. We can talk about it further. I'm Ron Anini in the car, doctor. We're back right after this.
1: It's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road.
4: had come out in the first world war the bloody red baron was flying once more the allied command ignored all of its men and called on snoopy to do it again was the night before christmas back
0: that's right well, the uh up- christmas is coming i think that's uh next week by the way tom i'm making this the official I, I will be here next week though, but I, I I do have to leave right after the show next week because I've been summoned mm-hmm. north. Yeah, well I've um I, I've already arranged the armed guards to make sure you don't leave before the show is right. over. So. so because this year this year, Santa's getting twin superchargers. So because we have to get in there, there's some trouble spots around the world, so we have to get in and out of those trouble spots as fast excellent. as possible. So
2: excellent. Yep.
0: Well uh, we have to avoid we have to avoid some drones. We've got all kinds of things to deal with. So um I'm in consultation with the uh, Defense Department now as we speak for you know, missing the bad stuff. So but um yeah, I just wanna let you know I gotta be out of here on time next week to uh you know, go north. I can't tell you where though. So be nice if you're getting coal in your stocking. Let's go over to uh <laughs> Yeah, let's go over to Micah in Maine. Micah, welcome back, brother. How are you today?
4: I'm doing great. And, you know, Tom must have known that you had your airplane podcaster coming on because he played the airplane Christmas song. There you
0: go. It's always best. I always know it's Christmas whenever I hear Snoopy's up there doing his thing. So, um, but, absolutely. So, what can I do hey, for you today?
4: Ron, last week you were talking about uh, aftermarket remote or remote starters in general. And I thought that there were some things that you kind of left out that needed to be talked about, especially for the OEM ones. Uh, I've been kind of dealing with this on and off for a few years for a few different cars that I've had and cars with my friends. And and there's some things that I think your listeners need to be aware of because a lot of times these things, the aftermarket ones, are given as Christmas gifts uh, or at least installs are given. And and I think it just kind of needs to be talked about a little bit. Sure. What's on your mind? Well, what I have found with the OEM remote starters, um, typically what they will do is they will start the car and it will run for 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, but you can't adjust the time, and then it will shut down, and that's fine. They're supposed to shut down after a certain amount of time. And you can restart it, and then it will run for that same amount of time, and then it will shut down, but you can't restart it a third time. Now, when you live in Maine and you don't have a garage, and you're trying to heat up the car and you're trying to get the windshield defrosted and all that it may need to run longer than that in order to get the ice melted but you can only do it twice with the remote start and there's no way to adjust it at least i found that on the subarus and i found that on the toyota's i don't know about the gm's but it wouldn't surprise me because i was told this is done for safety so that you don't overheat the car or that you don't you know, destroy the car and that can be an issue The other thing that I found with the OEM ones is that you can certainly start the car and, you know, you can leave the defrost on if you want to, but you can't do anything else. I use an aftermarket one, and the aftermarket one that I have, I can set it up to do other things, and I can turn on the rear windshield defrost or defogger to help start melting things off the rear of my car, uh, rear, rear window of my car. So when I go out to clean it, it's already slightly melted, and I'm not pounding away at the ice that's built up on it. And I think those are important things to note, as well as I can talk about... What to look for in an aftermarket installer, but, well, but I think those are really important things to know about.
0: They're, you know, they're a concern, Micah, but I, you know, understand the manufacturers are doing are limiting the time trial. Most likely, one of the primary reasons is they're concerned about catalytic converter and emissions, because it's all about clean air, brother. That's that's really their biggest concern. So there's a reason why they're only letting it go 15 minutes or 10 minutes. My pro and I don't necessarily have a problem with it because I've yet to see a catalytic converter on a good running well-maintained vehicle have an issue from extensive idling. Look at police cars. They idle all day long, emergency vehicles, right? Uh, you know, you don't you don't see cat failures like that. So cuz and I've gotten that as an excuse out of manufacturers that it's there to protect the cat. I think the reason they limit the time is simply because of uh, the, green, the green world order, as we'll call it, that we're worried about emissions, we're worried about polluting the environment, when in reality, uh, you know, it's it's as you say. In Maine, I'd be worried about, can I see out the windshield? I love these people that tell me, hey, don't warm the car up. You're, it's not necessary on a modern vehicle. Yeah, you go out there in Maine when it's 15 below and try and chip the ice away and see if you can get the snow off the car. But to the guy in Southern California, that's not important. My problem with aftermarket installs is it depends on the install. How are they doing the install? Are they cutting factory harness? Is it just plug and play? I have no problem with a plug and play, provided it's been tested, tried, and true. Because understand, for you and everybody else, what they're doing is it's basically taking a Dell laptop or an IBM computer, some major name brand that's been thoroughly tested in the lab, and inserting an aftermarket video card that you don't know the consequence of the impact of how it will affect the rest of the system and the operating computer. And that's my problem, that it, that it causes, you know, where's that glitch, and you don't know.
4: I, I completely agree with you, and that's why when I go for an aftermarket like this, the company that I go with has been doing this since 1973, and so they know what they're doing. I, they know what products that they're offering me. They know how to handle it with each car, and they're going to be there to stand behind it. Who's the company, the Monica? Get it? Get and, them on air. Who's the company? The, the company. The company that I work with is a company called Pine Tree Mobile uh, Mobile Sound in South Portland, Maine. And uh, it's a small shop. There's only two or three guys, and uh, you know, and the, 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 the father and the son are there. The father sits in the back rooms continuously, chain smoking cigarettes. But he's a great guy. Right. The son has been doing it forever, and uh, you know, and, and it's a, it's it's not a it's not a beautiful shop but they do everything from boats to RVs, I mean, with sound systems and everything, and, 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 and their installs are perfect. And you know, they, you, they have an installer that's a savant. You, you, you bring, up, them. You you bring up
0: another point, too, in that radios and stereos. You know, this time of year, is somebody going to get a car stereo for the holidays? And, you know, how that radio goes in can have a major effect because everybody needs to realize, and what we're really talking about here is installing a remote start It's how are we affecting the computer network that that remote start is being intertwined to, just like a radio. You put a radio into a system today, and if it's not properly installed or properly thought out and designed by the manufacturer, maybe communication with the other modules down the line from that radio no longer works. You know, it's I'm
4: completely with you. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm on my on my Subaru, the radio is the entire computer module for the whole car. And if the radio doesn't pick up my my USB songs that I have plugged in there, I got to restart the car right. in order to get it to pick that up. You it's know, the way and, it goes. And I'm but, not, you know, you and I come from the time. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You and I come from the time I may have sold you a uh, radio at Crazy Eddie's on Route 17 in Paramus because I used to sell us car stereos all the time for years. It's come a long way since then, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's just that's it's a very different time.
0: I thought you looked familiar. I'm only kidding. Um you, you, <laughs> you know Micah, the the concern becomes I just don't want anybody to think any aftermarket install will work. I actually and you know remote starts Uh, I've got an email here somewhere. Remote starts are are big on everybody's mind this time of year. Uh, Let's see. This one came to me. Hey, Ron, I'm a longtime listener of your show. I'm in Pennsylvania. I was listening last Saturday, and a gentleman called in wanting a remote start on his Toyota. A couple of things regarding that. I know for a fact, Toyota does offer a factory dealer installed remote. I have a 2019 that I purchased new, and it had the factory remote start. To this day, I'm able to use the remote start. Yes, there's a plan I guess we're talking about, and that's something I want to talk about, subscription plans on remote starts. When you use it with the app on your phone, that expires in six months. So remote starts are a big part of, of everybody's mind this time of year. I just wanna, you know, reiterate that it's only as good as the install, and there's gonna be there are gonna be certain limitations with factory, but to a degree it can be the safest. However, a qualified installer, a knowledgeable installer, it's no different than going to a shop and asking them to put brakes on your car. They know what parts work. They know what parts don't work. So dealing with an installer is the way to go. Where I cringe, Micah, and for everybody else's benefit, is the guy who walked into the shop this week, he, he's putting getting a remote start for his daughter on Amazon, and he's looking for a shop to install it. I would run from that like your hair was on fire. You know, because where's right. that coming from? Right, or some from? of the
4: mass market shops. Right, right. There, there, there are mass market shops out there. I don't want to name any names in this case, but yeah. you know, they're cutting wires and they're crimping wires, and that's not good. But right. it's also a question of the company, the the quality of the product that you're buying. Yep. Uh, I know that my car has a module from uh, from iDataLink. And uh, and they make the modules for everybody, and they, they look at that stuff, and they, they know the cars, and they know what's going to work. And then it's a Crime Stopper remote that goes in onto the iDataLink module. So, yeah. you know, and, and again, the reason that I know that is because my shop knows what to work with and has been working with these companies for years. They, they, that,
0: That's what you got to find. They know what lettuce and tomato you need to make the salad right. So, um, yeah. Exactly. I get it. I get it. As Mike, as always, sir, always a pleasure to talk to you. You keep them coming. You be well. You have a good holiday. All right, brother?
4: Take care. Have a wonderful Christmas. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. I'm
0: Ron Anany and Annie in the Car Doctor. We're back right after this.
4: It's a
1: time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road. If you're gearing up to get outside, Amazon Automotive is here to help. Whether you're hitting the beach, the trail, or somewhere in between, you'll find great deals on parts and accessories for your car, truck, motorcycle, or RV. Simply visit us online to customize your vehicle with a wide selection of floor mats, bike racks, camping equipment, power sports, accessories, and more. Get going today at Amazon.com automotive. That's Amazon.com automotive.
3: From BBC Radio 4.
4: It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas.
0: Everywhere you go, take a look in the five and ten. Trick or treat? Listen no, no wrong holiday. <laughs> uh, Don't forget, Santa is watching. You know, I had to remind my dogs that the other day. Now I got to remind you. Yeah, but but see, I have special access because without me, Santa doesn't fly. So, yeah. just well, to he told that. me
4: that if, unless you're
1: good, you're not getting any cocoa on the trip this year. Well,
0: <laughs> I, I can't drink cocoa anymore anyway. I'm getting old, and we have to make too many pit stops, and it's not necessarily to overhaul the sleigh. So, so I wanna, wait, 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 wait. You're going to work on the sleigh, so install something so you don't have to make a pit stop. Yeah, I never thought about that. So, I could, I could use it when I'm when I'm over the uh, bad parts in the world. So, we'll uh, we'll dump on them first. Um. I want to talk about John and his 2017 Ford Ex- Escape, and he tried to do his own battery, and he was successful for about four months, and I want to talk about one of the key mistakes that he made, and it was, it was interesting, right? He, he had the car towed in, it, it died on the road, it had some electrical issues going on, and I think it really had to deal or do with the battery that he put in. Um, John's a regular customer. We we see him. We've been trying to tell him to put a battery in the car for a while, and he finally did. But he missed a key step. 2017 Ford Escape. He went to a, I'm going to tell you where he got. He got a battery from Walmart. And nothing against Walmart, but I, you know, it's, you know, it's, I just don't know if the quality is there on everything. I'm I'm not saying everything Walmart has is terrible, but I've seen this more than a few times. Some of their auto parts, they remind me of Sears. And some of the great retailers that are no longer with us, they claiming they had the best in everything and their business model didn't work out so well because they're not in business anymore. So this Walmart battery went in and, you know, it had a weird failure. Part of the problem was in John's method of, of install and part of it was the battery itself because the car got towed in it had an electrical failure where the computer was shutting down because of a voltage issue it was protecting itself it was it wasn't even going into limp in mode it was going to shut off mode uh, you know i would see charging system voltage creep up over 15 and a half volts and the car would just shut itself off so i took the battery out and sat it on the bench and i charged it to level it wasn't that low and i Load tested, and I actually tested it three different ways. I have four different battery test pieces of machinery there. I can do it four different ways, and it it failed three out of the four. I didn't even do the fourth one because I had seen it fail each and every time. So to me, the battery was at fault. I took that battery, put it on the bench. I put another battery in, and the charging system was still registering higher than normal. And when I talked to John and I asked him the question, I said, John, did you ever register the battery when you put it in, when you first installed it? And I heard like a pregnant pause, and he was like, what? You know, did you take a scan tool out? Did you tell it that you had replaced the battery and do a battery system reset? Because you have to do that on certain vehicles now. If you see a clamp around the negative or positive cable, usually it's around the negative, that means that the battery, the computer is looking at current load and uh, uh, what's going on on the electrical system, and it's going to affect how it charges the battery. Now, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg. To me, the battery was a problem, but not registering it was a problem also. Not telling it, hey, I changed the battery. Put a fresh battery in it, made, made, made a difference but not a lot of difference, registered it, and now all of a sudden the vehicle's fixed. I don't know. I'm not a fan of Walmart batteries, but I will tell you this. You do have to register a battery when you put it in. That's a very, very important step. Make sure you're doing that. Hey, coming up next, In the Shop, the AutoZone Repair of the Week, a new feature here on The Car Doctor. Come on back. We'll talk about it right after this.
1: It's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road.
0: Welcome back, Ron, the Car Doctor. We um, repair of the week this week, and this is a new feature. We're going to do this every week, so uh, get used to it. If you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know. Um, if you're a pro and you're hearing this, let me know your thoughts too. Good, bad, or indifferent. Um, you know, we're here to help you guys uh, come to make it easier to repair cars, if that's possible. Uh, we know it's tough every week. We know it's a it's a daunting task, and uh, that's part of what this radio show is about. To, help you, the pro, you know, be better at what you do, but also you learn from us, we learn from you, and it's a good exchange, and we all move forward. We had a 2017, if I'm not mistaken, 2017 Ford Explorer in the shop recently that had an airbag fault. And I think we've talked about this prior, but I never really talked in depth about what it took to fix. The problem or the fault related to the passenger side under the seat airbag connector. The customer had allowed a box of Kleenex. You guys know how they <laughs> all these things seemed to collect on the floor, and they had this box of Kleenex stuffed under the seat. And after constantly moving the seat back and forth as different people had gotten in and out of it, the Kleenex box kept hitting the connector, kept hitting the connector, kept hitting the connector. There's a bulletin from Ford, actually. It talks about relocating the connector itself and zip-tying it up out of the way and several modifications to the wire routing and it finally broke the harness it broke the connector we really needed both sides but we weren't able to get it we weren't able to get the harness side we were only able to get the side that went to the module itself we found it at AutoZone and I have to give credit to them. The way they have their website set up, that you can go and look at connectors and match them by size and shape, that's what did it for us. It can do it for you, too. Remember, AutoZone has expanded coverage, and they have the availability online. I'm Ron Ananey and The Car Doctor reminding you, Till the next time, good mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless.